Corinthians chapter 1. I always thank God for you because of his grace given to you in Christ Jesus. For in him you have been enriched in every way. In all your speaking and all your knowledge, because our testimony about Christ was confirmed in you. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift. Oh, listen to that. These are some charismatics. They got all the gifts. You don't have any, you don't lack in any spiritual gift. As you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. How long do we need the gifts? Until Jesus Christ is revealed. Will we have them in heaven? We won't need them. We won't speak in tongues in heaven. We won't need prophecy. We won't need healing in heaven. We won't need miracles. They're all around. Non-stop from everybody. So we won't need him in heaven. We need him now. So he gives him this wonderful, encouraging opening. And then he says, God, who has called you into his fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, is faithful. That was verse 9. Then he starts into all these problems that are happening in Corinth. It's terrible. He says there are divisions among you. That's what he shares in the rest of chapter 1. Chapter 3, he says, you're worldly. You're jealous. You're quarreling. Chapter 5, incest among the people of God. Chapter 6, they're taking each other to court. They're suing each other. Terrible times. So he's writing this for two reasons. One is to address the problems that are in that church. He heard from Chloe, chapter 1. And Chloe's telling him about all these serious problems. He's sick. And so he's writing to them. Second reason is that they had written to him and they had questions. Turn to 1 Corinthians 7. Somebody read that first verse real loud. Well, go ahead. Go. Okay, there it is. They wrote to him. They asked him questions. So, chapter 7, they asked him questions about single life, about married life. You want to know about single life, married life? Read chapter 7, verse 1 of chapter 8. Look at it. Now about food offered to idols. They had questions about offering to idols. Questions about doubtful things. Questions about how that, does that have any place in worship? So he talks about that. Talks in chapter 10, 9 about rights of an apostle. He gets into worship, propriety in worship in chapter 11. Look at chapter 12. Verse 1, what does it say? Okay, now he's going to take up the question. They ask him questions about spiritual gifts. So he's going to talk to them in chapters 12, 13, and 14. What's chapter 13? Here's the love chapter. Look at it, sandwiched in between the two chapters that say more about the gifts of the Spirit than any other chapter in the Bible. Chapter 13 is about spiritual gifts. Read the first three verses. Count how many, how many uh, gifts of the Spirit there are in those first three verses. We may have a different, end up with a different count, but I count quite a few gifts in those first three verses. He's talking about the gifts of the Spirit in the context of the fruit of the Spirit. And then he talks about the gifts fading away. Where there are prophecies, they will cease. We won't prophesy in heaven. Where there are tongues... They will be still. And then, in chapter 14, he's going to talk about two particular gifts that are very important to understand. They seem to be entrance gifts into the life of God's people. What gift came with Pentecost? Tongues. Chapter 8, we don't know what gifts were there, but someone observed them. He saw 
the evidence of those gifts. It doesn't say what they were, but in chapter 10 and 19, it says what the gifts were when they were filled with the Spirit, tongues and prophecy. So important for us to learn about these gifts. Tongues seem to be an entrance-level gift for God's people into the life of the Spirit. So, and then chapter 15 talks about the resurrection, the, the gospel, including the resurrection, and then some personal things in chapter 16. You've got the book of 1 Corinthians. Problems, specific questions that they're asking, and now we're going to deal with the uh, chapter 14, just a few verses specifically about tongues. This is so important to me that I've written several articles about it. I've got one with me, how to receive the gift of tongues. I find, I've prayed for hundreds of people to, re to receive the gift, literally. And people have said to me, well, I was prayed for it 30 years ago and I didn't receive it. And I said, that's unfortunate because you did receive it. And you'll talk in tongues tonight. And when I said that, they do. Because I just teach them how to. And I'll, I'll go over that in a minute. And if you, if you haven't spoken in tongues yet and you want to, you will. Ask and you shall receive. How much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Not complicated. And speaking in tongues is not complicated. You want to diffuse it of this airy thing. You've got to feel a certain way. Okay, I think I've got it. No, you, you, you step into the river. And you can and you will. So We'll look at 1 Corinthians 14. Follow the way of love. He's pointing us back to chapter 13. Follow the way of love. Love is a what of the Spirit? Fruit of the Spirit. And eagerly desire the spiritual gifts. In February, I'm going to fly over the big pond. It's probably too obvious to say, but the plane will definitely have two wings. You can't fly with one wing. The Corinthians were trying to fly with one wing. The gifts of the Spirit they were really absent with the fruit of the Spirit. And they were crashing terribly. It was terrible. Now some say, I don't like that stuff. And so they're just going to fly with a fruit wing. Fine. They're still going to crash. I just want love. I want love. I, wanna, I want those, that fruit of the Spirit. Well, you can have the motivation for wanting to do things, but if someone has his demon possessed, you want to get that demon out of there. You want, to, you want to have the gift, the, the authority to, to get that demon. If someone is sick, you want the gift of healing. If someone is, is baffled by what's going on, you want the gift of wisdom. And so we need the gifts of the Spirit to fulfill the command to, to uh, represent Jesus on the earth. So we need both. We need to fly with both wings. Do I hear an amen? amen. We're not taking one or the other. We're taking both and. So we follow the way of love. And eagerly desire. Eagerly desire. The Greek word for that is zelao, from which we get the word zealous. So I'm asking you, would heaven say you're zealous for the spiritual gift? Is it obvious that you're zealous? Let me tell you something. Tolerance is not close to zeal. Some people disdain the gifts, but tolerance is closer to disdain than it is to zealously desire. 
So we want to zealously desire the gifts of the Spirit so that we can be used more powerfully. It's, it's not pride not to ask for them. It's, not, it's, 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 it's pride to just say, well, God, if God wants me to have them. Does this look like zeal? If God wants me to have them, he'll give them to me. Yeah, yeah, he'll give it to me if he wants to. There's a beautiful dance between heaven and earth. In chapter 7, it says, God gives the gifts to whom he may. So I could interpret that by saying, okay, then I'll give it to him if he wants me to. But now he's telling me to earnestly desire, and he says it twice, so I'm sure to get it. So there's a dance between God's sovereign will and my desires. They come together. Isn't that wonderful? It's not just about this ironclad, distant deity who doles it out according to his sovereign will. But it's about our matching with him. And he sees our desires, the fire of God in our hearts, the longing. And so there's a matchup between heaven and earth, especially the gift of prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. What do we call that? Speaking to God. Pray. So speaking in tongues, we can call it prayer. That's why some people call it a prayer language. Because when we're speaking in tongues, we're praying. You know what I have observed and what I experience is that it's easy to receive this gift and then to say, well, okay, that's a nice gift and lay it on the counter and not hardly use it at all. Easy to, I did it for a long time. I'm not doing it now, but I did that. Indeed, no one understands him. He utters mysteries with his spirit. doesn't say he utters it with his mind because your mind is not engaged. It's zero engaged. Your mind is engaged much more when you're meditating, because there's activity in your brain, but there's no activity when you're speaking in tongues. No activity in my brain. Yeah. I just got someone in that, that spoke to that today. Just I, I didn't have a chance to, to look at it, but there's scientific uh, research done that shows the non-activity of your brain when you're speaking. And it, it, you, you literally are speaking with your spirit. Literally. Yeah, you want to say more about that? Glad you said that. 
Yeah. Yeah. It, it. Amen, Mr. Thorson. For everyone who prophesies speaks to men for their, what is it? For their what? Do you like any of those things? Do you need any of those things? Anybody here that feel like they're getting a little too much of it? They, they could just back off from that for a little while? Yeah. Prophecy is a wonderful thing. Prophecy is not the gift of criticism. I used to think that maybe it was, because you had the judges in the Old Testament, you know, you know the prophets who would judge people and, and condemn them. This is New Testament prophecy. And the Bible says you can all prophesy. In the Old Testament, that wasn't true. There were certain prophets chosen. But now, I will pour out my spirit on, on all flesh, and they shall all prophesy. You don't need a beard to prophesy. It probably helps a little bit, but you don't. <laughs> Girls, you can prophesy. Yeah, you can prophesy. So, so the prophetic gift is a, a, a wonderful gift. Jack Deere says in his book, Surprised by uh, the Spirit of God, that if he senses that someone's dealing with something, Lust, pornography. He's not going to say, "Man, you got to." I, I, I'm, I'm sensing God saying that you got to deal with your lust. He, he wants to encourage them. And so he said, "That I, I say to them, God is working His character in you to free you from those things that could hinder them, like." And so you can embrace that and say, yes, I believe. That's the word. That's the gospel of God. The gospel of God is it's done. The law says, do it. The gospel says, God did it. And so prophecy is, is a wonderful thing to encourage other people. And you can do that. We're gonna, we'll do it in a little bit. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. I'm going to say that again. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. Did you hear what that is? Did you hear about that gift? That if you speak in a tongue, you build yourself up. Really? You mean I can speak now and I can build myself up? If I do it for five minutes, I get five minutes worth of building up. If I do it for an hour, I get an hour's worth. Do you know that speaking in tongues can heal, heal mental illness? Anybody know that? Do you know that it can heal depression? That you can be so built up in your spirit by exercising this marvelous gift that it can overcome the things that Satan would try to hinder, pull you down with. It's, Thank you, honey. Thank you. Way beyond. You're right. Yes, indeed. Thank you. She can talk anytime she wants to. 
He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. That's wonderful. That's really good news. So I can take it on faith like Steve said. I don't feel more emotional when I speak in tongues. I feel probably more emotion when I speak in English. I felt emotion when we were singing that song. Open wide. Man, I wanted to break those gates down. I don't feel as much emotion when I'm speaking in tongues. But I do it in faith because the word of God says it. And so I simply do it. That's what I've chosen to do in the mornings. I'll get up and sometimes before my feet hit the ground, I don't know if you hear it, but I, I start so I can just do it and do it for a good block of time. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. Say it with me. But he who prophesies edifies the church. This is church. So when I'm speaking in tongues, I, you're not getting built up. But when I'm, when I'm prophesying, you are. So we can, we can build ourselves up. And you know why I think it's an entrance gift? Is because if I'm built up, then I'm ready to use the other gifts, right? Wouldn't you say that that would be true? If you're built up by speaking in tongues, then when you come to a gathering like this, you're not thinking about your own needs. Hey, help me, help me, minister to me, do something for me. But you're thinking, how can I be a blessing? Who can I touch? Who can I prophesy to? It's a conspiracy of love. And you're looking. I'm going to get him. This is so wonderful. But he, but I would, every one of you, speak in tongues. Here's where Jack, dear, and I differ. And I dare to differ with him on this one because he doesn't feel it's for all people. I do. Because Paul said, I'm glad I speak in tongues more than you all. And he said, I wish that you all speak in tongues. Well, he wouldn't say that. Tamper with people and say, but some of you can't. The gift that builds you up personally, would God say, well, I'll give it to you and I won't give it to you? I don't think so. When he poured it out on Pentecost, they all got it. When he poured it out on Acts 8, it looks like they all got it on 10. And 19, they all, it says they all spoke in tongues and prophesied. So God is giving this gift. He's making it available to you. So don't exclude yourself. Say, well, I don't know how to get at it. I don't have it. If you ask for it, you've got it. And we can sit down together. We can pray together. Or you can, on your own, you can enter into this gift. And I'll explain it to you in a minute how you do it. before we shared this up in Duluth this weekend and it, it, it you know we just experienced Christmas right and and we all kind of become like kids if we dare to you know it, here comes a present um, but if we're really grown up about it we would say oh well thank you that's sweet oh really neat oh, I'll just give it back to you or I'm just gonna put it down here on this shelf and look at it and I, I'm sure someday maybe Maybe um, maybe I'll open it. I don't know. We don't, right? We, yeah, we, we say, children thank you. And, and children open it. And come on, that's what we really do. Yeah. And, yeah. and so I love that picture of how you know, a week we can do this and say, Lord, just let my heart, my spirit, my mind walk. Take a step towards this gift. 
and say yes. And part of opening it is that you're going to explain about how to walk. Thank you, honey. Thank you. I like what you said. Pardon? Okay. So, I would like every one of you to speak in tongues. I'd say that too. But I would rather have you prophesy. He who prophesies is greater than one who speaks in tongues unless he interprets so that the church can be edified. So, a tongue and interpretation is a prophecy. So, do we need to interpret if we're praising God in a tongue tonight? Do we need an interpretation? The answer is no. If... We have a time where we're prophesying, and then we're, w- one person gives a tongue. Yeah, definitely, that is interpreted. We stop, and we say, okay, we wait for interpretation. We wait for someone to interpret, because that, that uh, confuses some people. I'm just going to look at a couple other verses and then show you how to get it. Uh, so it is with you, verse 12, since you are eager They were eager to have spiritual gifts. Try to excel in gifts that build the church. For this reason, anyone who speaks in a tongue should pray that he may interpret what he says. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So what shall I do? I will pray with my spirit, and I will pray with my mind. I will sing with my spirit, and I will sing with my mind. And he says in verse 18, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than you all. I have said to myself, I want to go to heaven and say to Paul, Paul, I spoke in tongues more than you do. Now, I, I may not be able to. I may not be able to say that. I'll live longer than he will. I've already lived longer than he did. So now I've got the advantage there. But he spoke in tongues a lot. But I hope I, 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 hope I can speak in tongues a lot more. And I hope you can too. I hope that if you've got the gift and you've uh, sidelined it, that you pull it back and you begin using it because the more you use it, the more in a setting like this, the more you're ready to minister to people. The more, the more you're not thinking about yourself and thinking about others. I speak in tongues while I'm doing exercises in the morning. I speak in tongues while I'm, while I'm doing other things, while I'm opening the shades. I, I just stay speaking in tongues and try to do it for a good long block of time so be, and then when I get done, I listen, like he asked us to listen tonight, and I hear God because it opens up revelation. When you speak in tongues, it opens up revelation. Have you found that to be true too? Yeah. It will open up truth to you so you, you can access truth more easily. It's a wonderful gift. So let me just tell you how you receive it. He said, oh, he was just agreeing with me, honey. He was amening so how do you receive the gift of tongues? Chop. Amen. Amen. So, yes. 
Chuck Porta really modeled that. It quiets temptation. It's a wonderful, multifaceted gift. This book, is this a divine book or a human book? Is it human? The answer is yes. You know, you know Luke is different from John. They both have their own personalities and they write different. Jesus, is he God or man? Oh. The gifts of the Spirit, are they divine or human? Yes. How are they divine? Well, the Holy Spirit doesn't speak in tongues. We speak in tongues, but we speak in tongues as God gives us. It says it manifests the Spirit. These are manifestations of the Spirit, not manifestations of Paul or Nate, manifestations of the Spirit. It's divine, but it's human. As you grow in faith, your prophetic gift increases, it says in Romans 12. So we exercise more faith, we get more gifts. So the reason I say that the gifts of the Spirit are both divine and human is that you have a part to play in the reception of it and in the exercise of it. The part you play is to open your mouth. I prayed with many who have been... Can't do it. Yes, you can. Well, open your mouth. I can't. You just did. I just encourage people, just begin to speak. It doesn't matter what you say. doesn't matter what you say. Because the Lord will turn it into a language if you step out in faith. Are you blaspheming by doing that? No, you're not. When Schuler begins to take steps and falls down, will we, will we say, oh, no, she can't walk. We'll cheer her. Won't we? We'll cheer We'll say, way to go, way to go, you're going for it, you're walking. Doesn't matter if she falls down. So you, when you go, I don't care what you say. If you open your mouth in faith, you're telling the Holy Spirit, I'm going for it. Draw near to God and there are times in this dance where it looks like we're actually leading. We're stepping out. We're stepping into the river. And if we didn't step in, we wouldn't know it parted. We'd say, I'm, I'm, I'm going to wait till it parts. Well, you'll wait till the Lord returns because it's not going to part unless you do it. So he calls us to exercise some faith in this and to go for it. And as we go for it, we find that the Spirit is there and takes it. So I'm going I'm to uh, have Karen and me. We're, gonna, we're just going to pray. We're going to pray for you to receive that. And then we're going to just start singing. That's the way Karen entered in, just by, uh, we were singing at a retreat out in California, saying beautiful Savior. And then from that, our congregation, we just started singing in the spirit. And it was just beautiful. And she's a singer. So that was easy access for her to, okay, I'm going to go for it.
All those fill that. So we'll do that. Now, just, you don't have to, you probably won't. It's a mystery. Nate said earlier that in our worship, that some of us, and we all felt it, we feel a little awkward at times. First time we did this, boy, those hands were heavy. And we feel like, well, people are looking at me. I'm worshiping, and we feel self-conscious, so that can be hard. This can be hard, too. You say, oh, you're going to just do it with people around? Well, they're all doing doing it themselves. So I'm not looking at you. You're not looking at me. We're just doing it. However, if it's hard in a setting like this, then go home and do it. Go home in your bedroom and just give it a try. Yeah, on the way home. So I'm going to start singing. Just You just rest and relax. Be in a position of openness. This receptivity. This is not a game. This is God coming to us through the Holy Spirit engaging with us, touching us. It touches us emotionally as well. It touches us in our, in deep in our being. And so, Holy Spirit, we are trusting in you now that you are here in this room and that you are filling us. You ask for the Spirit now. Jesus said that how much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who and so you're just saying, okay, come to me. You've said it before, so why? But we keep saying it because we need more of the Spirit. So come, Spirit, come to my heart. Come to my dark places. Come to my discouragement. Come to my difficulties. Come to my friends here now. Come. We wait on you. We trust in you. Oh, Go ahead, sing with us now, all of you. Beautiful. It's beautiful. Everybody can. Go for it. Go for it. Don't hold back. Open your mouth. He'll turn it into a language of praise. We worship you, O Lord. We praise your holy name. We praise your holy name. You're our King. You're our Lord. We give ourselves to you, O Lord. We give ourselves to you, O Lord. Oh, 
It's so wonderful. It's a beautiful song, brothers and sisters. It's a beautiful song. It's a beautiful song. We'll do that from time to time here at Communitas or whatever we're going to call it. It's going to be a wonderful, wonderful year for us to praise the Lord together. And then we'll have times where we'll speak in a language and it will be interpreted. Before we quit, I want you to prophesy. The Bible says you can all. And so, if you can say this, say it in your heart. I can prophesy. Because God's word says I can prophesy. And the more I step out, and the more I see that becoming a part of my life, the more more you step out. So I'm going to ask a couple people to prophesy, and then I'm going to do one little one with somebody next to you, and then we're going to call it a night. Okay? So let's just listen and wait. And if you get something, and you're not sure, we don't stone prophets under the New Covenant. We test the prophecy. We don't stone the prophet. So you're okay. So we're just going to wait for a moment, see if God stirs something in our heart. It may sound to you like a simple thought, but you share it, and you may find out that it really touches deep into someone's heart. So just a moment now of waiting. I speak in tongues quietly as I'm as I'm waiting, you can do it any way you want to. Okay. Now Sometimes a prophecy comes through a picture in our mind. Jay, did you get something? Okay. Well, you got something? Yeah. Okay, so I saw an old folding body chart, like a, like a flock of birds. I don't know if it's a female or like a flock of birds. You know how birds get together when it's time to go? And then, like, they all go into one angle, to one place, in one direction. I don't know. I just saw us, like, flying in, like, a family in one direction, like birds do, and they are in a line, you know, like you don't need to tell them where to go, they already know where to go. Like, you know. Real unity. I was told that when they fly like that, the one in the front doesn't stay in the front. Maybe you've heard this before. But they peel off and another one takes the lead so that they're they're doing it together so they don't tire one person out. And they all yeah, so that they all work together. That's a beautiful picture. That's what we want to be. So I saw um, a white path and it was in the shape of a three and how um, there's going to be a, a purity, a path before us and um, and um, 
then I saw um, uh, plants bursting through pavement and how, um, how even the hardest things can be broken by, by, by what seems to be weak things. Because y- you can go and tear a plant up out of the ground pretty easily and it's pretty hard to, to break pavement. But the plant can break the pavement. And so, so like, God uses the weak things to um, embarrass the proud and, and how he is using us to, uh, to, uh, to sh- advance his kingdom and to break through what the enemy is doing. And then the, the last thing was uh, I saw like a, um, a gold um, antique um, border to a mirror and how, and how, it's, how we're to reflect Christ and he's forming us in our own unique way to border that mirror of reflecting Christ. And so he's forming us. And, and so th- I think the, the three that I saw in the beginning, <coughs> the path of three, might have represented like the three images that I got, or it might have to do like that he, that he's this, maybe this year he's speaking in threes. Um, you got a lot in a little time, man. I just shared with Jennifer, we were in a prayer meeting, and I shared about how we're at a place of weakness here. We're the smallest we've been. You were leaders. A place of weakness, God can do power. Larry Randolph said that at our conference. He said, people would be surprised if they knew how little we got when we stepped out. He said it's typical of prophetic leaders. <coughs> how do you speak to Amber Rose? Amber Rose? Um, um, uh, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, um, I, you know, more or less I get, I get words, words, I get things, um, I feel like uh, what God's trying to do with, with this group of people here is he's trying to take um, everyone here into a new level of boldness uh, within themselves um, and not stop performing. Um, um, and the, the next level, um, the next level of intimacy with the Holy Spirit is the only way to get truly intimate with people. We can't just come to church and receive a feeling. We have to make this a constant practice in our secret place of God. Um, he wants us to trust him with everything. Um, when it comes to that, it means death to self, death to self, death to self, death to self at every second. Um, and then I just saw a woman in the ocean, um, you know, just arms in the air, you know, just freedom. Because the only freedom and love is, is truly pondering the beautiful things God does in your heart. Kind of like I find it's really strong in what um, Mother Mary uh, Mary. To Mary to Joseph did is she pondered these things within her heart, and she, it it wasn't a show for her; it was reality, 
and you can make it your reality instead of a show. You know, I thought that was awesome. Wow. Well, next week, if you want to prophesy, sit up in the front row. Because that, that's, that's, that's the solution here. You got close. He's leaving, and we're, we're shutting down here. Yeah, I, so I just want to confirm what everyone said, because before you all started talking, and as soon as we, we closed our eyes, I was uh, I heard, of course, what we just heard, encouragement. Prophecy means we get encouraged. We get strengthened, encouraged, and comforted. Now, how do you get that? What I saw was a picture of all of us with our swords sword of the spirit, the word of God and what does he do every day for us in secret place mm. and we just receive that prophetic word from him. Amen. Amen. We can't shut them down here. I mean, they just keep coming. Okay. Two more. Okay, we'll take it. We'll take it. Rachel. Mm-hmm. You know, you could put these put these together, couldn't you? You, you could have a message wonderfully. Okay. worship leaders and we had a word from Ross and then yeah so I had an, a picture of um, just this beautiful like blue calligraphy in the snow and it's kind of a weird picture and I was praying about what it meant and sometimes God gives us symbols and, and blue can represent the Holy Spirit a lot of times and so um, and in the Bible it says he washes us whiter than snow. So in pursuing holiness and and having just this purity of heart, um, that's when we see God. The pure in heart will see God. And and and, um, and as we grow intimate with him and, and we grow in holiness, we're going to have more revelation by the Holy Spirit. I just de- I just declare that um, that the pure in heart will see God and and God I just ask God for uh, increased holiness in our lives and 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 intimacy with you Lord that will lead to a deeper revelation by your Spirit Lord um, to to build our uh, to build each other up in prophecy Lord and I declare that you will find freedom in speaking in a language that you've not learned that you'll find freedom in the gift of tongues, you'll find joy, that the Lord will increase your faith to believe for more. 
And as you speak in tongues, you will, you will know in your heart that God wants you to do this. And that you will also, with tongues, will also increase in prophecy. And you will find that when you're talking to somebody, that the Lord gives you something. And that you'll start to share that with uh, somebody who's a friend or maybe somebody that you've never met before. That God's going to increase his gifts in you wonderfully in this new year. Amen.